Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Right about now. And with that, let's get into Chuck and Chernoff. Hello there. How's it going? Heath Klein, Dylan Short, takes two of us to fill the shoes of Matt Chernoff. We each get one shoe. Heath and uh, Dylan in, and of course, the king, Chuck Oliver, in the house as well. Chuck, how are you? I mean, the two of y'all are here because Matt's out and I'm eating chili. So (laughs) give me like like 20 seconds and I'm back with you. That is true. Chuck is, in fact, eating chili. Our friends at Ted's Montana Grill dropping some of that off. We'll tell you a little bit more about that, why they did that. They did it because they're kind, generous people, but there's a little bit more to the story as well. Glad you could be hanging with us here on a Thursday Ton of stuff to get into. Of course, we just got done talking to Nick and Chris from down in Florida. And we will tell you that the 2 p.m. hour is brought to you by Southern Exteriors, the Southeast premier home exterior solution, quality and precision you can rely on for over 20 years. Visit southernexteriors.co. CO! All right, so they're down there. They're going to just check out the Braves in Northport. And it turns out, guys, that as they do so, they are getting a chance to check out the number one player on MLB Network's top 100 player list. That is, of course, Ronald Acuna Jr. Hard to argue with this, I would think, for anybody, even if you are somebody last year who was trying to make the, oh, it could have been Mookie Betts, what about this, what about that? Bill Plaschke somewhere still is arguing the point. But, uh, look, if you're going to talk about a guy who was the dominant player in the sport last year, I think you had to go with Acuna. The voting at the time reflected it, and certainly, Dylan, Nothing's changed since then to alter that perception going into the year. No, and it was wire to wire. It's why you could kind of tell some guys that are way too smart and know way too much to have been sending out some of the takes that they were regarding the Ronald Acuna and Mookie Betts stuff. Like when we started getting into conversations about BSR, oh, well, you know, he's uh, yeah, he's stolen 70 bases, but he's not very efficient stealing those 70 bases. Like that that's – there are people that need to drum up narratives because it's their job and they have to write something. You don't want to write the same exact article every single month, which is, yep, Ronald Acuna's still better than everybody else. But as a fan, when you're watching it, he's just better. Okay, 
I don't know a lot about efficiency. 73 bags, 14 caught stalings. That would be considered less than efficient. Okay. Yeah, and that's right. a lot of this. I believe he was picked off seven times. Okay. Five times at first, twice uh, at second, so, including. All right. a, yeah. So that Which, gets all figured into it. Yeah. All right. So but, that is the the extended out story behind the numbers. Give me another one then. He had 10 outfield assists. I was stunned that he had that many opportunities because when he showed up as a rookie, he had 10 assists as his first full season. People stopped running on him. I've heard he's a defensive liability numbers-wise. He's a negative war. The problem with him, and this Which, is by the why, way, I watch, when yeah. you watch him every night, I'm like, that ain't true. And but. this is this is where when we start, and this is kind of what leads into the bigger conversation here is, you know, you've been named the number one player in baseball, well-deservedly. How do you follow that up again this season? One way to say that is because Shohei Otani is only a DH this year, so don't don't talk to me about Shohei for this season. We'll cross that bridge in 2025. But when you talk about how do you improve upon a season in which you just went 47 for the first time ever, cut your strikeout rate in half, just decided randomly, yeah, I'm going to hit the ball harder than everyone ever, and I'm also not going to strike out. I'm going to hit 330, be on base over 40% of the time, steal close to 80 bags. How are you going to go up from that? Well, when Ronald came back from his injury, you could tell you could tell it in 22. That's not surprising, obviously, right coming back from injury. Last year, you could still kind of tell. When you talk about Ronald, when people call him a liability in the outfield, there's really, there's really two reasons. I don't want to get too deep into it. But for starters, the arm is a big part of it because he does have a good, a, such a strong arm. He's thrown like 100. I think he's been clocked at like 103 from the outfield, something, something does crazy. Does he airmail like it? Does he miss just cutoff man? Is it a latter-day David Justice? It's, it's a perfect line every time when he throws. So, yeah, I'll let a ball drop in front of me. If that means I can hose you at the plate, fine. I think part of it is also just kind of, hey, I don't want you going all out and getting injured again. Even when he was playing center field, Ronald was never great with his reads. All the athletic ability in the world, and that's why I think when you look at 2024 like how could Ronald conceivably have a more valuable season while some of his other numbers might be a little bit lesser I think if you just even get him to average defense you're talking about Mike Trout type seasons he needs to play Richard Sherman defense like against the sidelines like facing in so he can get an angle on everything I mean there's so much more he can do and now that he's even farther removed from the knee injury I'm not saying I want to see him jumping into the wall and diving everywhere again like I'm okay with him not doing that but there were some balls that dropped in front of him that probably shouldn't, and I don't think you'll see that again. Yeah, but I think he can do more offensively, too, in that if you look at it last year, they actually have run the numbers. He did not have particularly great luck the when it came to hitter. hard-hit balls. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like You don't have to necessarily even be better if you just have slightly better luck than last year and stay healthy for the full season. Your numbers should improve. It's It's unreal when you said what you're looking at there is what's called woba and xwoba weighted on base average versus expected batting average versus expected batting average and that's how hard do you hit the ball how much do you lift it all this kind of stuff and if you go by that metric ronald was like the third most unlucky hitter in all of major league baseball in a season in which he put forth one of the most impressive offensive seasons in baseball history yeah i don't remember the specific numbers but he had a bunch of straightaway shots like 60 point that would have been out in other parks and because of where he hit him somebody was still able to make a play he I had mean, the hit against philadelphia that i thought was going to bring us back yep. it was an out we, we act like he Damn. just disappeared in that series he scalded was about about five feet if he'd hit it to just if he if he pulled it to dead left or if he'd hit it to really straight away center field and doesn't hit it into the triangle out there we're talking about the Braves probably come back and push that to a game to to the next game yeah there's more meat on the bone for him with the bat in his hand 
And then if he can just be a little bit more effective running the bases, uh, you, you look at it, there's still room here. There's some guys that you see the season they have. You know, Brady Anderson's always the ultimate example, but there's just some guys that you see a season and you say, that's not happening again. That's not sustainable. Nothing that Ronald Acuna did last year, as long as he's healthy, feels unsustainable. And it feels like you could get a little bit more juice out of that orange. And that's what's pretty remarkable here is it's not just a matter of, well, he had one amazing year. This is still right in the prime of his career. It didn't There's look, more here. didn't look so unusual no, it, on a night-to-night. But other than the – when we started noticing this, like, towards the end of May, like, he stopped swinging and missing. That's it. Just like, decided. I'm done he, with that. It's not always a base hit. It's not whatever. But it's – he doesn't swing and miss. And he – I – it, it, this is for me what gets so crazy when you start talking about Ronald is you're, you are talking about a guy that just turned 26. So yes, preempt everything with still need to see it happen a little bit longer. We don't know what can happen the rest of the career, blah, 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 all that good stuff. But you are at the point now when you start watching him play and this goes, if you saw his interview on MLB network, it's just phenomenal. If you didn't see that, you, you need to go see. It. It's probably about two and a half, three minute clip that you can find on YouTube. It's probably on my own YouTube or on my own Twitter page. And you can find it. Um, there is this, this aura around Ronald Acuna that I don't think that any other outside of Hank and I wasn't alive for Hank. So I don't know if he had the same level of aura, but there's this, this aura around Ronald that I've never seen from a Braves player. And I'm not saying that he is the greatest Braves player ever. Obviously, there's a lot of guys that would be in contention for that. But Ronald has real face of Major League Baseball type of energy. Like, it's not just a guy who's like an eight-time All-Star. Right. Like, he right. Was a real, like, like Freddie's a really, really great baseball player. Freddie is never going to be the face of baseball. Mike Trout, face of baseball level of talent. Ronald has that same level of talent, it feels, but he also has the 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 energy, the kind of you have to interest magnetism. Us. Yes, you ha- yes, you have to and hook us and interest us, and it's so like you're talking about the blue sky, Heath. Last year, compared to 22, Ronald had 200 more plate appearances, 40 fewer strikeouts. It's not possible. This was literally this was very much like his first half in 2021, where he was on pace to be the MVP by far, like. Freddie edged him out in, in war by playing literally double the games, and he only edged him out by, like, half of a point. It's just how good he was in yeah. 21. 23 was kind of, like, along those same lines, except he still found a way to get better and just, hey, I'm just not going to strike out anymore. I don't know that he's going to have the exact season offensively next year. Some of those expected numbers can kind of fluctuate. Baseball is baseball. But none of what he did last year was out of character. None of it looked like luck. None of it looked like, hey, this is just kind of fleeting. Everything was all in line with how he typically swings. I really think he just found in baseball, there's this constant chase for the optimum level of how how high do you want to hit the ball versus how hard do you want to focus on just hitting the ball hard somewhere. You know you don't want to hit it on the ground. But if you just try to hit in the air, you're going to have diminishing returns with strikeouts and pop-ups and all that stuff. It feels like last year Ronald found his optimum launch angle, and I don't think that's going to go away. And If he wants to hit 50, 60 homers, I think he can do it. I don't think he can hit 330 doing it, but I think he's in this realm now, and there's a few people in baseball who you can say this about, but Ronald's top of mind, where I think he can do literally whatever he wants. Like I think there is no limit to me for how good this guy can be. It's not even for me. It's not even a question of if he's going to be on the Braves well, Mount Rushmore. And the final thing for me is there's no angle to it. There's nothing 
Um, like you'd mentioned before, and I've talked about this as well, the thing about Jordan and left-handed hitters. I mean, left-handed pitchers, Jordan laughs. He's like, go ahead, bring matter. in the lefty. Um, there's supposed to be an angle. There's supposed to be he can't handle inside heat. Well, Ronald can handle inside heat. Can't handle low and away or off-speed pitch or whatever. He can handle all of that stuff. Um, and last year, when you cut down on strikeouts by 40% <laughs> and you swing as hard as all but, like, whatever it was, two or three players in the league, like, those two things aren't congruous. They were, and he's not 28 or 29 yet, which is where you kind of look, and this is how – like. Look at Tony Gwynn. Look at whoever. As somebody grows, you physically mature. 28, 29, 30 is when you kind of settle into the, all right, this is what I'm going to be. Because in baseball, you still have a career ahead of you at 29 or 30. Football, you're done, whatever. Um, We don't even know what he's going to settle into being yet. This was like, usually when you talk about it, it's 25 to 32 are your prime years for baseball. Ronald just got into his prime. Yes, and we're talking he's just about- starting. Like, give him another, <laughs> like, two years, three years. Okay, this is what he is. It's just, it's it's amazing Stupid. to watch. At this point, I'm just wondering where he ends up on the Rushmore, not not if he gets there. Well, look, I mean, the first thing you, you do have to acknowledge, he's got to stay healthy. Last year he did. We got to see that he can sustain that over a period of time because there have been guys that, for whatever reason, just medically they couldn't hold up. But as long as he does, yeah, I mean, there's, there's still room for him to grow as a player before he hits his prime. And, I mean, look, most guys that had a year like this, the question would be, okay, but is he going to get pitches to hit? But with this team, you're not going to be able to dodge him. You might be able to dodge him in any one at bat. But you're not going to be able to employ a strategy I, of we're not pitching to Acuna. I think the mental strain. I, I I don't think this is overstated at all of the opposing pitchers last year. From literally the first pitch of the game, you're in the soup. Oh yeah, like if there's you try nowhere to, to go from the first pitch of the game because Ronald will hit the first pitch of the game out. Yeah, if you just try to if you just try to get me over fastball, he's going to take you 470 and he's going to hit it Lead at 115. And yeah. there's something to be said. Like there is a difference between giving up a 380 foot just kind of, you know, 97, 98-mile-an-hour homer versus getting launched on for, like, 420, 440, because this is the other part of Ronald. He's six one, listed at 205, probably about 210. He's way, way, way smaller than everybody else that hits in his weight class. Ronald hits the ball farther than everyone. When you look at those oh, lists yeah. of 420-foot home runs, Ronald had more than some teams did. Like, that's yeah, just Jordan, not possible. Jordan looks like he plays DN for the Vikings. It, was he six five two sixty? You know, Solaire, like Solaire, massive. Houston, that's because he's Solaire and he can do that. <laughs> Ronald is not supposed to be able to do that. It's just, it, it's. I, I'm so thankful. To, I'm so happy we get to watch him. Really, yeah. I mean, look, it, it goes back to with you're talking about him and and what he did. The fact that people last year were trying to nitpick. Well, he hits solo home runs. Ooh, you know, that's that's not good enough. He doesn't hit them late enough in games. <laughs> I mean, just 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 ridiculous stuff. It Watch was him every night, and you can't help but get worn one over. It's just I because just, it's boring to say that the guy who was the leader two weeks into the season is still the leader and has been the leader the entire season. And that's you watch the way he plays and the way he and Ozzy are together. It is just a awesome. fun, fun product, and he's the best player in the game. He goes back home to Venezuela to play like, winter ball. Like Jock Peterson was fun. Screw that. Ronald's fun and he's the yeah. best player in the game. That's, it's so I'll find awesome. my fun elsewhere. I I'll... really didn't think they'd give him the spot. I thought they'd go Aaron Judge. So I'm happy that MLB Network, who somehow left Ozzy off of the top 10 second baseman list, even though in the top 100, there's only four second basemen that are ahead of him. Don't know how that math maths, but fine, whatever. Uh, I, I'm glad that they gave Ronald his due. 
Yeah, whatever the deal is with the Aussie thing, because that's the second time that that's happened. So wh- whatever their process is with Aussie, they need to revisit that. But they at least got it right. He's short. With Ronald. He plays with Ronald. All right, it is two forty-one here on six A. The fan nine three seven FM. And today, well, today is a good day to hear an NIL story. A time before NIL existed. We'll explain coming up here on six A. The fan ninety three seven FM. Had to stop at a red light. Looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight. Today was a good day. Yeah, it was a good day. It is indeed a good day, and that means that Good Day has a sponsor. Cullen, who would that be? Make your next vehicle purchase quick, easy, and convenient with a Jim Ellis Expressway at JimEllis.com. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. All right, so there's a lot that got said by Johnny Manziel on the Club Shay Shay podcast. If you have not heard of the Club Shay Shay podcast, this is Shannon Sharp's venture that he does on his own, and he's made some news with some interviews. Cat Williams went on there and lit up <laughs> a lot of people. So uh, give Shannon Sharp credit because he's finding a way to make some news. He is news. out like a cannon. And, uh, well, Johnny Manziel went on, and he talked about the old days a little bit. Johnny doesn't have a ton going on compared to what he did back then. And, well... We turned out that uh, maybe Johnny could have stuck around at Texas A&M. At least his dad was trying to cut a deal. Found this out five years later from my dad. But my dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sumlin and pretty much went to him man to man and was like, we'll take three million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as true as today as he did when he told me. He left. He did the same thing that he did when Cliff Kingsbury asked him to be the highest paid offensive coordinator the year before. And Cliff would have stayed with me another year, and we would have ran it back and right. gone for another one. But he comes to someone, he asks him for X amount, someone, pfft. he had this ego about him that what we built, we, was all him. He definitely seems to have an issue with someone, and, and their relationship clearly is not what okay. you'd ideally like to have I, with your former coach. I will tell you that the very first game post-Manziel, it was a Thursday Sun was still out when they kicked off, but it was, I guess, the end of August. It was a Thursday, week one. Texas A&M was in Columbia, South Carolina with Kenny Hill, son of the former Major League pitcher Ken Hill. Dad was a horse, man. Ken Hill, for the first six weeks of the season, looked like a Heisman Trophy winner. And I remember after that South Carolina game, the very first thing out of Kevin Sumlin's mouth was, we're not a one-pony team. All right, we are not just one guy. We are here to stay. Now, it turns out they really were just one guy, Johnny. Oh, no, no, no. It, don't, never, don't. it never got better than it did November of 2012. Still Mike Evans. They were a two-pony show. So he he wanted to be very clear, Manziel's gone, but we are rolling along. And by the way, I don't think Johnny's necessarily wrong if he's got that, because I don't, I don't think a lot. Like, I've never heard any former Sumlin players from those A&M schools speaking up about it and be like, no, Johnny's wrong. Johnny didn't know what he was talking about here. Generally, you know, if you got a great relationship with your former coach and one of your former teammates smells off, eh, you probably defend him a little bit. Well, you look at the way it ended at Arizona, and it, it didn't go well there at all. I mean, they, they it did not appear that Kevin Sumlin was even trying at Arizona. I mean, you look at just by sheer accident, you should be able to recruit better at Arizona than what they were doing. Jed Fish they were should not out-recruit you. One player in the top 1,000 at a Pac-12 school in a major state, that's that's ridiculous. So. Uh, whatever he, he said in the interview that basically whatever spark someone had, he thought had kind of gone out and he may have a point there. But Chuck, back to the three million thing from strictly a practical perspective, three million for two years of Manziel and the money he was bringing into their program and the attention he was bringing. 
if you could have done it legally, on the face, you'd say, yeah, What do you, you mean should. legally? Do you mean could have done it and gotten away with it? Well, no, if it was modern times. <laughs> okay. If you could do that deal. On, on, on paper, you'd say yes, but... Again, I think you look at the circus that Manziel's next year after the Heisman turned into, I honestly think you could have told Kevin someone, we'll do two years at 30 grand. And he would have still said, no, 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 we don't need that. There are times, even with a Heisman winning quarterback, you're like, yeah, life's too short. Like, we're moving on. I mentioned it earlier. Whatever the situation was, it was the autographs and the money and whatever else. When he started his second season... At Texas A&M, his second season as starter. Because remember, he redshirted, won the Heisman, and then played one more year. Wasn't he suspended for the first half of the game? Yeah, mm-hmm. half a game. He came back, made a play, did everything but like a Cirque du Soleil performance after he scored a touchdown. Kevin Sumlin wanted to punch him. And he's the starting quarterback, reigning Heisman winner, and the coach was, I'm done with you. Yeah, so, but he had that play against Alabama where he dodged like five people, threw it up for grabs, and went in there, and, and A&M looked like for the first time ever that and they were national that was their championship high, That level. was their high point of the entire existence until Texas and showed up. Here's the thing. Actually, I don't disagree with someone saying that, you know, or, or you know, reportedly, allegedly, being like, no, Manziel's not the guy. We need to get him out of here. I think, you know, it can be true for both sides of this. I don't think it would have been good for Johnny to go back to Texas A&M. He would have been even way more out of control than he already was. And there were already things that were kind of leaking about how he liked to spend his weekends and some of the things he liked to do and all of that good stuff. Um, it wouldn't have been a good fit for anybody if he had gotten that amount of money to stay at a place at A&M where he could basically do whatever he wanted. I don't think it would have worked for anybody. I've seen some people try to argue Manziel is the biggest bust ever. I would again remind you, Jamarcus Russell exists. Because for better or worse, Manziel was taken midway through the round with the owner saying the homeless guy told him to do it. You remember that? The homeless guy told the owner the city needs Manziel. They had done a whole series of analytics to figure out what quarterback to draft. The analytics said, Teddy Bridgewater is who you should draft. And then the homeless guy said, no, the city needs Manziel. And the owner said, sounds good to me. Bridgewater wasn't exactly that much better, really. I but mean, at 22 or 23. Before or... injury, he was pretty good. Remember, he had a major, major Oh, he had injury. like a nerve thing. They thought they might have to amputate something. Yeah, no. So he was Ew. he was pretty good. Well, I mean, he, he definitely was... was not was that kind of disaster. Training. No, but I would I would never have said even even before pre-injury that Teddy Bridgewater looked like he was like a, a top 10 okay, level. Okay, but here's, you know what it was, though? Not he, a head case. At 22... If that's where it was drafted, I think it was. Uh, if he was t- taking that 22, Teddy Bridgewater, for better or worse, he was kind of exactly what he was advertised mm-hmm. to be coming out of college as far as intellect, ability, arm, whatever. It kind of turned out to be that way. And then he had that gruesome August injury. And that he came back from it at all was is amazing. But he there was always a ceiling. But there was a pretty high floor, right. wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that. There's a, there's a good floor with Teddy. Hey, the 2 o'clock hour is brought to you by Southern Exteriors, the Southeast premier home exterior solution. Quality and precision you can rely on for over 20 years. Visit southernexteriors.co. All right, so the Stephen A. Smith Show I know is a source of great amusement on this program. This is Stephen A. with his own personal stuff, and I am told we have some nuggets from Stephen A. So, Cullen, what do we got? At JCitySTL, as in St. Louis, you get to roll with one of the Teletubbies. For a day, who you rolling with? Pooh, La La, Dipsy, or Dinky Winky? I'm going with Dipsy. I like the color green and the darker complexion. What can I say? It works for me. 
That's what I'm rolling with, okay? Chuck, who are you rolling with? Um, Dipsy's, Dipsy sounds good. <laughs> La La Dipsy Dinky Winky. Dipsy, I don't know if he's got a party. All, I don't know if he's got all the names right. It's been a long time since I've had to worry about uh, having to come across that show. Oh, Dinky sure, Winky. sure, Dylan. Okay. No, I'm going to tell you something. We don't put this on in my house. Uh-huh. Here's, here's, I have a blanket statement about the we scream at each other and keep points, you know, down at the bottom. Uh, shows they're all horrible and they're brain rot and it's all scripted and are right, you believe this then you believe this okay Stephen a i used to throw in that he's just on one of those yellow shows the first time i saw him in that guy's stomach on the commercial of the oberto or whatever it was i was like all right he's changing like when he started showing personality 10,000 rats when he's on his own podcast not as espn Stephen a smith but as Stephen a smith just I'm my guy. Um, he's become really funny and likable and a lot more personable to me. You just ate a buffet. I, I was actually, I was going to say that he's so much better on his own podcast. And he's like, I'll be honest. I'm not, I've never been a big fan of no. watching him and skip yell at each other. When I heard about the, the Kevin Durant, you don't want to make an enemy out of me. the dumbest thing I was I've like, ever heard. Are you heard. kidding me? It's five years later. I'm like, I sat with Stephen A over KD. I just, I just try to pretend that the, the ESPN version of Stephen A doesn't like exist. Him. So I just try to go for the podcast. Jump in, Heath. You got this look on your face like Biden trying to pay pyramid. Yeah, for better or worse, Stephen A. at least is somebody. I will say this. He's in on the joke, whereas Bayless clearly is still not in on the joke. Exactly. Thank you. So Stephen A. is at least in on the joke. We have one more excerpt of Stephen A. It's going to be tough to top the last one, but let's try. Who do you think is the best scarer, not scorer, scarer between Randall Boggs and Sully Sullivan? (sighs) First of all, his name is really not Sully Sullivan. It's James P. Sullivan. You didn't think I knew that, did you? Okay? That's his real name, James P. Sullivan. Okay? Randall, generational scarer. I get all of that. But Sully, I got to say he's the GOAT. That's what I got to go with, right? Randall tried harder, but it just came more natural to Sully. So I think we go with that. Bigger, scarier as well. That is a, a Monsters, Inc. reference for those of you unfamiliar, which I will admit until Cullen said that into my ear. I had no idea what the man was talking don't about pretend. at all. Don't pretend we don't know Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. is a classic. Kind of funny film. This is, this is what he'll do, too. People will ask him this. I think it started off. Somebody asked him about cars. Like they were talking about races, and somebody snuck in like a, like a Cars reference, not thinking he would know it. And he went on for like 10 minutes about why Lightning McQueen is the best racer ever. Which was hilarious. Again, I, one of the most said, relatable I, things ever. I find him likable now. And until he wasn't in an Oberto commercial. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I've never, I just saw him yelling at Skip. And I, 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 I know I don't like Skip. <laughs> and so I just, maybe like Skip put stink on Steven. Yeah. Or maybe ESPN's like, I want you guys to disagree no matter what. And we'll just run it as a real show. He's, he's right. It's <laughs> definitely Sully. Sully is clearly the GOAT. Is that was Billy Crystal like, character or the John Goodman character? John Goodman. Whether okay. it was by, you know, you need the screams to fill it up or you need laughter to fill it up, Sully was the best. Wasn't Steve Buscemi the uh, chameleon? Who was the yeah. voice of the chameleon? Yeah, that w- that was Steve Buscemi. That's Randall who he was talking about. Okay, there. all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, glad we cleared that up. Stephen A. has summed everything up for you. Dinky Winky. You don't is. sound convinced about this Monsters, Inc. thing. Here. I'm sure it's a lovely series of movies. I just haven't quite found time to get to demand. It's on I, Disney+. Plus, la, man. La, I haven't even... I never watched Back to the Future, okay? I'm way behind Dinky on a winky. few things, so maybe I'll I don't get think to that you can host this show I, if yeah, you've you never seen Back to the Future. Yeah, you can't listen to this show. 
Oh, I mean, I know how it ends, so, you know, I haven't been in a hurry. Not the point. Not, not part of the point. What are you looking at, butthead? Not related to the point. <laughs> Points here, way over there. Never got around to it, so what can I tell you? Hey, it's now been 409 days since anyone around here decided it was a good idea to win a championship. This is ruined a perfectly good day when I just washed my car. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. 